Hello everyone, welcome to COVID Roulette, another episode exploring the stories from the pandemic, creating a bit of oral history and I'm visiting people in the local government areas of Darabin and Yarra and collecting their stories and today we're exploring the topic of death and grief, not specifically to COVID but when people died during the last couple of years there have been so many extra challenges Stories from the pandemic. Hi, I'm Kathy Brunning. Kathy, I believe you've had a, a terrible couple of re- years, really. Um, we're going to talk about loss and grief in this episode, and, and I understand you've just had it in, in spades. Yes, indeed. Yes, I lost both my parents last year within 12 weeks of each other and um, my mother-in-law recently died. So all our parents have now gone. Oh, it's terrible. And the fact that it coincided with the pandemic, can you tell us about them, even individually, just to talk about how you lost them, what the, what the cause of death was and, and how the pandemic made that experience different? Oh, okay. So... Mum was the first to die. She died during lockdown. My parents had moved to a nursing home and that was actually mum's choosing. She'd been a nurse and she was looking after dad who had Alzheimer's and she was just finding it all too hard and she recognised that she needed to be, well, she actually said, I want to be looked after. (laughs) And she found a nursing home with nursing, you know, with proper nurses and a nursing station. So I'm just giving you that backstory because during the pandemic, times when we were not locked down they were always sheltered in place they couldn't go out they couldn't have visitors necessarily or if they could have visitors there were really tight restrictions on numbers and how often you could go and my kids usually couldn't go for instance and I've got to say too because I had kids I didn't necessarily want them going as well because I didn't want them you know they weren't necessarily being you know, squeaky clean in terms of COVID rules and I didn't want them bringing stuff into the nursing home. So anyway, I'm telling you this because um, it just meant we hadn't seen, we hadn't we hadn't seen much of them. We really literally hadn't. Anyway, so mum was the first to go. We knew because it was her birthday and um, she was just weird. She didn't, we, my brother and I both rang her and she was just repeating what we said like there were weird things going on like and we were ringing my brother and I both rang the nursing home to speak to the nurses to say what's going on with my mum they um, got the doctor in the next day and by the time the doctor came she was unconscious and she was taken to hospital she was never she never recovered and she died of sepsis so that's what happened with my mum and do you know how she got sepsis no but she had had a number of falls so she had been in and out of hospital a lot due to falls. And what was her reaction to the pandemic? She's a nurse, she's probably seen a lot of things. How was she, how was she coping with that? She, look at first I think she was fine and she was certainly very happy to take all, all the vaccines. But the reason I said, I talked about, you know, the restrictions for the nursing home and, and I was telling you that she was the one that chose the nursing home, thought that was the right stage for them, etc. By towards the end she was calling it a prison. She hated it, you know, but what can you do? No one could have predicted that would have happened, I don't think. So she obviously didn't predict that either. And then what happened with your dad? 
Dad um, died, I, I truly think he died of a broken heart. It was 12 weeks later. He'd become quite reliant on mum because um, mum being a nurse, she was kind of a bit bossy. Sorry, nurses. But, but she was. She, she knew exactly, you know, things that should happen, etc. And dad had Alzheimer's and um, he'd become quite reliant on her and adored her. And after she died, I reckon he just lost the will to live. And of course, it was lockdown again. There weren't any visitors. He didn't have any outside people. Um, I'm told he died of lung cancer, that his, one of his lungs filled, really filled up and it just affected his breathing till it, until the point where he couldn't talk or, and he didn't eat. Like, he couldn't eat. You could hear he's really congested. Um, mm. look, 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 at both, he did die, you know, so he did die from that. They gave him morphine in the end, just kept him comfortable. He was 89, so, and he was quite frail by this stage. And how old was your mum? 83. She just turned 83. And, and with your dad, what was it like with a, someone with dementia chatting to him on the phone and trying to do FaceTime or whatever you were, whatever you were limited to? What did you do in those last weeks? Oh, um, so we, we would try to do um, – they had Skype calls. <laughs> but what the staff would do, they'd set dad up with a tablet and dad would drop it and he – it would happen. It was just really so unsatisfactory. I can't tell you, and um, we tried it a couple of times and just gave up because it was just ridiculous, and you know, and just reverted to ringing him. Yeah, but but even the phone calls were quite short and sweet because I don't know. Does, could he work out who you were on the phone? Oh yes, yes. Sorry, I must say I was really lucky with dad with with dad's Alzheimer's. He never forgot us. He never. He sort of never lost his. You know, his sociability, he was always an incredibly affable, friendly man. So, yeah, yeah, he, he recognised us, he knew us all, which was great. And so at the, at the worst times when your parents are really sick, what sort of access were you allowed? Oh, when, once, they, once the hospitals and the nursing home, so I should say mum died in a hospital, dad died in the nursing home. Both organisations allowed us immediate family access it was usually two or sometimes three at a time. Um, and it was nice in both cases. I mean, it was incredibly sad to be with your parent and just see them wasting away. Oops. Um, hmm. There we go. Um, <laughs> but it was also so nice to be there at the end. Yeah. And it was, were you with your siblings as well? And uh, Yeah, it was also incredibly... Sorry. No, that's all right. If I can. <laughs> I, was, I was incredibly grateful that my brother could be there at both times. I've only got one sibling. Yeah. And, and the bigger deal was he was from Perth. So it was a big deal for him to get here during lockdown and return to Perth in, during lockdown sort of thing. Oh, that would yeah. have been. So there were all the border rules for him. And there was an exception, I presume, that he had to apply for and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's correct. And and your parents were they? Did they have to be wrapped or protected by you know masks and this sort of thing in this era? Did it change the interaction between you? No, um, no, they didn't. But certainly, first up, we did have to be, and then I think because Mum started off in ICU, and then they managed to find a room on the um, palliative care ward. And I tell you what, mum was moved to the palliative care ward. It is the most 
divine place. Like it, it's a place where you, every, everyone would want to die, you know, and spend time with a family member who was dying. It was just gorgeous. Which hospital was that? Uh, it was Peter Mac. And although it, it's obviously shared between um, a number of hospitals, you know, it's not just, it must be Royal Melbourne, because mum was at the Royal Melbourne. Um, but I'm guessing other hospitals must feed into this one palliative care ward. That's, that's my assumption. It was, it was just beautiful. Yeah, so, yes, but w when that time came, when, when, it was palliative, when, when it was palliative care time, we didn't need to have masks. We, you know, when we were in that room, we could do whatever we wanted. We could sleep there, you know, it was yeah. fantastic. With Dad, um, I can't, actually, I can't remember with Dad. I think we probably did need masks, um, but I think we often did take them off while we were with him because it was just nicer to talk to him, to see him, you know, have the whole experience, if you know what I mean. And what about dealing with death? I mean, all the everyone talks about how stressful those weeks after a death are. I mean, how did you do that twice and what did you have to do in, in, in a lockdown situation? Well, we were lucky both times with the funeral because Faulkner Cemetery sort of thing must have had some special deal where they could allow 10 people at an at a afternoon tea and that happened in both instances, which was interesting. Um, but in terms of organising it, look, a friend had already told me her mum had died earlier in the year and she'd recommended this company and I used them both time and they were, both times they were fabulous. They pretty much organised everything for us. It was still a heck of a lot of work. It really was a heck of a lot of work to get everything organised. And as you say, you're grieving and looking at photos and finding documents also, you know, is, you know, memory provoking, which is sad and happy all, all at once, you know, like it's an incredible <laughs> um, mixture of feelings. Did, um, you, did you have a favourite photo or a favourite document that you, you dug up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, with, with Mum, um, I must say, I didn't find it then, but I found it later because I did hold a memorial for them in February after lockdown was over. And I must say, the, the amazing thing I found were these tapes of Mum singing, which I could actually play at the memorial, which was gorgeous. What was the song she was singing that you... Oh, she sang so many songs. She, um, she actually had a soprano voice and she sang, oh, Jerusalem and... A, ki uh, a kiss in the dark or something like so songs I don't listen to every day so it was very beautiful I can play some I can find some for you later if you want to hear some and the tricky thing with COVID was numbers I mean there were limited numbers at funerals I mean how did you settle on on the guest list I mean well how did we settle we tried to work on with dads we tried to work on um, siblings of dads um, brothers and sisters and that sort of worked out kind of evenly with mum it was really hard because mum had some really like she had one really old childhood friend who was like newer since you know primary school um she had um a cousin and his wife and that cousin used to refer to her as sis anyway we only had 10 and we also had my brother's wife over from perth and we had we just had to far too many luckily mum's family old high primary school friend dropped out which was good but then we still had 11 and as it turned some family members suggested it might be the only time they ever get to see Mish again because Mish lives in Perth and maybe Mish should come so Simon my partner um, valiantly stepped stepped out and said you know I saw a lot of your mum I've been a lot I've been here through the 
uh, funeral process. So, you know, he said he could watch it online. So That's really tragic, isn't it? Like you've yeah. got a, a, a son-in-law who can't go. Mm, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Simon certainly got to go to my dad's funeral, though. That worked at <laughs> that time. <laughs> And what about the feeling of losing you know, two parents so quickly and being in that, I, I just remember my own headspace in those weeks and months. I mean, where were you sitting in here with this all going on? I was, look, I suppose I was, I was, oh, where was I? That's a really good question. I, I was obviously really focused on the tasks that I needed to do, but I was really stressed and upset and crying like I was crying a lot um yeah I was just missing them a lot I suppose uh it's it is I, I think a lot of I heard that story over and over for people who were unlucky enough to be in your circumstance and you said that you also you've had it redoubled with the loss of a parent-in-law as well is that has that been in this period as well no, well no it's been out of lockdown it's just been recently yeah but it just sort of brought it all back so it was a triple whammy uh, yeah. triple whammy yeah and i mean the in terms of a, a tribute i guess to your parents what is there is there any sort of um what did you say at the memorial what what sort of uh, lasting words would you would you say about them well they basically allowed us to have what i think is quite an idyllic childhood um which i really honor them for but I also honour mum, I'm like I feel like they've left legacies to us. I feel like mum, she's done all this family history research and she's actually left something for me to actually produce something that I can feed to the family. One of the things she also did was collect photos and videos and letters. So I've been able to compile them and actually give them to people, things like things like that, which I think is fantastic. So that's mum. And with dad, he, he, he was a real, he really showed me that you can have a go at anything and, and, and try it and it might just work out. And one of the things he's inspired me to do is to be a runner. He took up running late in life and did this huge, huge event where he ran in a relay around Australia and always said it was the, and broke a world record, the event broke a world record at the time in 1983. And he always said it was the best holiday he ever had. And you could see when he came back, he was absolutely jubilant. So that's, yeah, both of them have inspired me to, yeah, to do different things, basically. Take a different path with my life, I suppose. And and was running your escape in that terrible time? Were you out there for your one hour hitting the pavements? <laughs> no, not quite, actually. Sometimes I'd struggle to get even get out of the house, to be honest. Well... Kathy, we really appreciate you sharing you know, such personal memories and, and a shocking luck and shocking time for you in lockdown. So I appreciate you, you sharing it. Thanks, Tony. You're welcome. That's the end of the episode. I'm Tony Wilson. COVID Roulette is an Elfington Community Centre project and it has been funded through the Victorian Government's Local Community Access Grants Program. It's conceived and produced by myself and Leanne Coughlin. Our musical theme is from David Bridie. Our artwork from Lee Arkapore. Thank you so much, Cathy Brunning. It was a really emotional and moving story that you had to tell. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've got a COVID story, do share it with us. Email address in the show notes. And remember, there is a real luck element with this virus. 
You don't know how bad each case is going to be. So give yourself the best chance you can and bet on the square marked vaccinated.